We are live. It's Monday. Yud Bet Tishrei. Tough Shin. Ayin Hey. Hey, we're coming to you from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs> בעולם כזה, תן לי את היום הזה. מה שהיה, תשכח מזה. מה שיהיה, לא משנה. מה שאבקש, בעולם כזה, תן לי את היום הזה. תן לי שמש על הבוקר. Yabashan with Tenliat Hayom Hazeh. Give me this day, every day, make every day count as we are now out of the um, Yom Kippur season and into the Sukkot season. Welcome, one and all. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. We're here every Monday live, immediately following JM in the AM, 9 AM Eastern Time, 4 PM Israel Time. We have uh, great features and lots and lots of wonderful Israeli music today. We are going to share with you the memories of one particular soldier who fought on the Golan Heights during the Yom Kippur War. The Yom Kippur War took place 41 years ago, 1973, broke out on Yom Kippur Day. And we'll share that with you coming up very soon. A little later also, we have uh, 
I, I don't know that I would be surprised anymore by some of the things that President Obama does regarding Benjamin Netanyahu and the state of Israel. But in their meeting last week, I was pretty shocked at one of the statements that he made right there in front of the prime minister. We'll share with you the uh, audio clip and um, tell you why we think it was rather shocking and, quite frankly, insulting to the prime minister as well and to the state of Israel and the people of Israel. And we'll also share with you some thoughts that were broadcast by a journalist, author, and a very smart man, Charles Krauthammer very proud Jew as well, about what he considers the story of the year, the um, development of the nuclear bomb by Iran. And this literally just came in. I have it in Hebrew off of Ynet. This is a report that comes out of Iran that there was a huge, huge blast, and uh, as a result of it, fire near the Parchin base, and Parchin is one of the places that Iran has, um, de- that Iran is using to develop its nuclear uh, capabilities. So um, we, of course, wonder who would, you know, bomb a Parchin? Who would want to possibly do something to harm Iran's nuclear, possible nuclear capability? We don't know. It's a mystery. But it did happen, and uh, it just uh, came in over the wires. I hopefully you'll be hearing more about it. And yes, this is this is the fight that we fight little by little. We can't probably can't do uh, take out the whole thing, but little by little, kill kill a uh, a scientist, bomb a particular plant, uh, sabotage some of the materials. That's how Israel works. Um, one of the songs that came out of the Yom Kippur War was written by Naomi Shemer, Lu Yehi, Let It Be, and it is part of this medley of three songs that was done by Kol Achai live at the uh, Voices for Israel concert, and it comes off of the double DVD of the Voices for Israel concert. This is Kol Achai with their Naomi Shemer tribute, and it features the song Lu Yehi, as we uh, remember the Yom Kippur War 41 years later. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. על ביתנו התינוק את שמור אלי הטוב על האש המבואשם על המים הזקים על האיש השב הבית המין המחכים
of the um, concert, Voices for Israel concert, double DVD. That was their Naomi Shemer tribute. Uh, all their material, all of Kolachai's material, you can download their albums or individual songs at kolachai.com, kolachai, K-O-L-A-C-H-A-I.com for all of that wonderful stuff. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. You can reach us. You can send emails to mayor, M-E-I-R, at nachumsegel.com, N-A-C-H-U-M-S-E-G-A-L, nachumsegel.com. And you can uh, join in on the Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash the Israel Show, one word, the Israel Show. And we are at 252 likes, and we encourage you to continue liking. The more likes we get, the better it is for the popularity of the page and the show. And we thank the latest likers. I like that. That should be a new segment. Thank the latest likers. David, Debbie, and Tammy, thank you so much. They helped us get over the 250 
milestone on our Facebook page. We had mentioned that uh, 41 years ago, 1973, the Yom Kippur War broke out on, obviously, Yom Kippur. It was, by the way, as it was this year, Yom Kippur then was on a Shabbat. So uh, think of the relevance, think of the significance of Israel being attacked from both sides on Shabbat Yom Kippur. And uh, on the first days of the Yom Kippur War, Israel was caught totally, totally off guard. The Egyptian and the Syrian armies both attacked at 2 p.m. on Yom Kippur with a massive offensive against an Israeli army that was barely there. Because most of the soldiers were on leave because it was Yom Kippur. And only a small number of soldiers were left at the front. The... Um, there was a blinding, I would almost say from heavens, they blinded the leadership, both military and political leadership of Israel. And no matter what seemed, what they saw, no matter how many signals there were to the fact that Egypt and Syria were planning to open war, no matter how many troops they saw amassed on the other side, they somehow stuck to a concept that they won't be attacked, and if attacked, they'd be able to beat back the enemy very easily. And that that bravado that came as a result of the Six-Day War was the downfall of Israel at the beginning of the Yom Kippur War because they were totally unprepared to the point that Moshe Dayan, who was the defense minister, was heard saying several times during those first few days, this is the end. This is the end, he said, of the third, third Bet HaMikdash, of the third Jewish commonwealth, if you will. He really felt that the state of Israel might not survive. And uh, it is also said that at some point there was even consideration of preparing Israel's nuclear um, options in case it really got that bad. So the Syrian army, after the first day or two, had advanced halfway across the Golan Heights. Most people don't remember this. The Israeli cities and towns on the Golan were evacuated. And the Syrians could have, could have easily captured parts of the Galil. Imagine, imagine what would have happened had the Syrian army just continued and marched into the Galil with their uh, troops and tanks. And the same in the Sinai. Miraculously, miraculously, both armies stopped at a certain point, did not continue. And today I want to share with you one thought, a a, a recollection, a memory of a young man, a Hezder Yeshiva student slash soldier from Yeshivat HaKotel. He was probably around 19 at that time. And I want to thank, by the way, Avram Ben Melech, the veteran journalist, for uh, sharing this with uh, me and others, it, uh, it it it's part of a larger email. This young soldier is called up to his tank division on the Golana. When he arrives, this is the day after Yom Kippur. He is shocked by the total devastation. Now, this was written in Hebrew, and I'm going to read parts of it. The Hebrew is just very, very beautiful, and I'm going to read parts of it in Hebrew and translate. So you'll excuse me, some of the Hebrew parts might be a little longer, but I will translate them all. 
ואז פגעו גם בנו. He says he remembers seeing the Israeli tanks burning one after the other as they took direct hits from the Syrian army. And then he says, and then we too, our tank was hit as well. התחלנו לרוץ. ירו בנו מכל הכיוונים. They climbed out of the tank and started running. They were shooting at us from every direction. השתתחנו על איזו גבעה, ובאותו רגע נדרתי כמה נדרים. הנדר הראשון שנדרתי שם, כשכדורים שורקים מכל עבר, היה שלא לדבר סרה באף אחד מישראל. He writes that as they were left their tank and running for cover, they quickly took cover, and at that moment he says, I made several nidarim, several vows. And the first neder I made, the first vow that I took upon myself, he said, as the bullets were, were shrieking all around me, was never to speak badly about a fellow Jew. במלחמה הזאת ראיתי דברים שהפליאו אותי, ואני מתכוון למסירות הנפש, למסירות הנפש של האנשים. He says that he saw amazing things during the war, especially that people were willing to be moser nefesh, to sacrifice their lives in defense of Israel. בטנק לידי היה בחור מאופקים. לא ראיתי בו לא תורה ולא מצוות. In the tank next to me there was a young man from the town of Ofakim in the south. And he writes very poetically, לא ראיתי בו לא תורה ולא מצוות. He didn't have the look of a, a Torah and mitzvot person. Meaning he looked like a typical secular person. הוניגש ואמר לי, came over to me. אפשר להיכנס לטנק? אני מחפש טנק. אני שואל, למה אתה מחפש טנק? והוא עונה, תראה, שלושה טנקים נשרפו לי. אינני יודע איפה הצוות. ואני מחפש טנק כדי להמשיך את המלחמה. This young man, a total stranger, says, can I join your tank? And he asks him, Why are you looking for a tank? Where's your tank? Where's your crew? And the man from Ofakim answers, I've already been in three tanks. They were all hit, destroyed by Syrian missiles. I don't know where my crew is. I'm looking for a tank so I can continue to fight. And he zohar ta tchusha shali az. Sha'alti tatsmi, ma no ten koach lebachur hazeh? לעלות לטנק הרביעי ולהמשיך את המלחמה. ואז אמרתי לעצמי, אני עולה ביום מן הימים לאוטובוס עם אדם מהרחוב, ואינני יודע עליו ולא כלום. אולי גם הוא עבר ארבע טנקים שרופים במלחמה, והיום הוא עומד לידי באוטובוס עם שיער ארוך, ממש כמו אותו בחור שהצטרף לטנק שלי? הרי האנשים האלו הצילו את חיינו ממש. כמה תודה אנו חייבים להם. The writer continues, he says, I asked myself, what gives this young man the strength 
to climb up on a fourth tank after the first three were hit and continue to fight. And then he says, then I thought to myself, you know, someday in the future, I'm going to be on a bus and I'll be standing next to a stranger, just some guy riding the bus. I don't know anything about him. But maybe, maybe he fought in three tanks that went up in flames and then went looking for a fourth tank. And today he's standing next to me in the bus with long hair and maybe a piercing in his ear, just like that young fighter that joined us in the tank. These people saved our lives, literally. Think about how much we owe them, the boundless gratitude that the people of Israel owe them. It was at that moment that he accepted upon himself he writes several nidarim, several vows, and the first was never to speak badly about a fellow Jew. Ladies and gentlemen, the writer, the one who is recalling this and the one who made that vow, young yeshiva student, a Hesder boy from Yeshiva HaKotel, his name is Harav Chaim Sabato. Today he is the Rosh Yeshiva of the Yeshiva Hesder in Ma'ale Adumim, an author of several great works, one of which is his memoirs from the Yom Kippur War called Ti'um Kavanot, written in the form of a novel, but was clearly autobiographical, which won many awards. If you read Hebrew well, read this book. It's an amazing, life-changing read. Ti'um Kavanot by Rabbi Chaim Sabato. My name is Mayor Weingart, and you're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Say good. 
Keshet, going back a long time to the Israel Song Festival. Um, that was Umatoka Orbainayim. And why did we play that today? Because um, it is based on a Pasuk in Kohelet, which many have the custom of reading on Chol Hamoid Sukkot. Umatoka Orvetov Lainayim Lirot et Hashemesh is the way it is phrased. In Kohelet, before that, new music from Itzik Orlev, Boi Shalom. Very beautiful stuff. And uh, this is your source for lots of new Israeli music. The Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingart, and you're tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you so much for tuning in, making us a part of your day. Wherever you are around the world, you can uh, listen to us live as we are, or or you can podcast the show. Just go to iTunes, uh, search for uh, Nachum Siegel Network or The Israel Show, and subscribe to the free podcast. It'll be downloaded into your device at some point within 24 hours of the show, and then you can listen to it whenever you want. And you can listen to the network via the phone. If you don't have internet, people tell me, you know, I'm driving, and um, 
it's very expensive, you know, to use my data plan or I don't have a smartphone or whatever, just have a regular phone. Well, you can listen to the show via a dial-in phone line. You can listen to the stream all day. And most people have unlimited calling on their wireless phone plan. So it actually doesn't cost you anything. Unlike, you know, if you use the app, there are a lot of advantages to using the app. But if you want to listen to the stream live, you can just call in with your unlimited calling. And uh, the number in the U.S. of A. is 401-347-0100, 401-347-0100. I know my email is listening that way as well. In Israel, 0722242792, 0722242792. And in the U.K., we hope you're listening to us out there in the U.K., let us know. 44 Um Earlier, I mean last week, I shouldn't say earlier, this week, because it was last week. Last week, Prime Minister Netanyahu was in the United States. He spoke for the UN in a wonderful, a really good speech. If you haven't heard it, go online and, and take a listen. He he's he's a He's a great speaker, but he also makes the important points that we need to hear. Then he went for a visit with President Obama at the White House. And as you know how these things work, the two leaders sit in uh, in the White House in a room, um, in chairs, face, sort of like facing each other and facing the media. And the media is standing there, this whole crowd clicking pictures. You hear the of the cameras, and uh, each one makes some nice, nicey-nicey statement. Well, I got to tell you, I was watching and listening carefully to President Obama, and so, so, something struck me. First of all, his his body language was was quite tense, maybe even antagonistic towards uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu. But his words, first of all, he several times during his uh, short um, introduction, he called Prime Minister Netanyahu Bibi. Just like, you know, BB and I or BB has been here and it's, it's so disrespectful. So disrespectful. First of all, Prime Minister Netanyahu has requested many times that the, uh, the press and others don't use that nickname anymore. And now that he's Prime Minister, he felt it would not be proper and the proper respect that one would give to a Prime Minister would be to use his name, Benjamin Netanyahu. I think in meeting with heads of state, the President of the United States would say Mr. Prime Minister or Mr. Netanyahu or something like that, not Bibi. But then there was something else that really, really bothered me. Here it is. It's at 25 seconds. But listen carefully to what the President says. I think we also recognize that we have to find ways to change the status quo so that both Israeli citizens are safe uh, in their own homes and, and school children uh, in their schools uh, from the possibility of rocket fire, but also uh, that we don't uh, have the tragedy of uh, Palestinian children being killed as well. We have to change the status quo so that Israeli children can live peacefully and that we don't have the tragedy in Gaza like we did. Is this not the President of the United States making a moral equivalence between the two? 
This is something that we always speak out against when the media does. And I really think that in this case, the President of the United States putting the two of them in together was really, really, to me, it, it, again, I don't need more alarm bells about the Obama administration in Israel, but this was yet another one. Don't know if you agree. You can let us know. You can post on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Israel show, show, or shoot me an email, mayor, M-E-I-R, at nachumsegel.com. Back to the music. This is a remake of a classic song, Shnei Shanim. goes back decades. In its original version, it's a slow song, and in this remake, um, it is uh, very different. I hope you enjoy it. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
uh, Marsh Dondorama with uh, Lior Yitzchak, remake of the classic Israeli song Shnei Shoshani. My name is Mayor Wong, and you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. And the Israel Show is sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh. You know, I was thinking about it. It's 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 an amazing organization, but it's amazing to me that this organization didn't exist before. It's 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 really so important. I mean, Aliyah to Israel, the future of the Jewish people is in Israel, as Nachum says all the time. And Aliyah to Israel, making Aliyah a relatively easier process than it has been, is so important. And that's what Nefesh Benefesh does. It it gives people who want to make Aliyah the ability to do so in in a much um a much more successful manner. They provide needs-based financial aid, employment resources, assistant with governmental absorption, you know, getting through all the bureaucracy that has been cut down a lot, and their charter flights, which are just, uh, what, what, what do we say? Cla- they're classic. Everybody, everybody knows about the uh, charter flights of Nefesh Benefesh and um, how when you arrive in Israel as a new Oleh, how difficult that could be, and yet, Doing so in Nefesh Benefesh makes it so beautiful, emotional, moving, tear-jerking. Nefesh Benefesh has made, an, made Aliyah the in thing for Jews in America. For detailed information, visit their website, nbn, Nefesh Benefesh, nbn.org.il. We at the Israel Show are very, very proud to be sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh. As we've said previously, the Obama administration, we believe, is is allowing Iran to become a nuclear state. It's it's that simple. I, I hate to say it. When we look back, as we do, we look back at, at how Jimmy Carter allowed Iran to become an Islamic state by um, throwing the Shah under the bus. We will look back and we'll say, what were we thinking it's 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 insane. Anyway, Charles Krauthammer, who is a leading thinker, journalist, and author, uh, last week appeared with uh, Dennis Prager. These are two really smart people, two, two really smart Jews. And um, I'll play for you two cuts from um, his interview. And they're scary, but I think they're very very smart. And um, have a listen. We will um, play cut one, we'll go to a song, and then we'll come back with cut number two. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nahum Siegel Network. To me, the biggest story of the year, the biggest story that history will remember this year for and that no one is talking about, is the negotiations with Iran, which are a farce on their nuclear weapons. Iran is going to be sort of certified as a nuclear power before the end of the year, if we get an agreement. And we'll, we'll either not get an agreement, in which case there'll be nothing to stop Iran because the U.S. is not going to do anything and sanctions are going to fall apart. We already weakened sanctions as the intro to the negotiations, which is, of course, preposterous. The only thing that brought Iran to the table in the first place was sanctions. So what, what do Obama and Kerry do to, to restart the negotiations, weaken the sanctions, which is to undo the pressure? But anyway, so either we're going to get nothing, in which case it's going to go nuclear, or which I think is probably likely. They're not going to meet the deadline, November 20th, I think it is. But they're going to get a fig leaf that they're going to sell as a great, you know, a compromise and it solves the problem and everybody can rest. 
It is going to be a farce, going to be a fig leaf. And what it will do for those who know how to read these negotiations and who understand how these things are done, it will leave Iran as a threshold nuclear power, meaning it will be, what, three months, six months at most, away from turning a key and producing the bomb. Uh, and we're going to be assured that, of course, our intelligence, which apparently missed the rise of ISIS, apparently even after it took uh, Fallujah and Ramadi. So our great intelligence organization with the Obama, which the president says uh, misled him on ISIS, is going to know precisely when the key is turned in the interior of a room somewhere in a vast nation of Iran of 80 million we will know that and we'll be able to act as if who knows what kind of action he would take even if he knew. It is a farce. And this is what history will remember us for because if and when Iran goes nuclear, the world changes in a way that is nearly unimaginable today. It's going to be a whole new world. The Middle East is going to be transformed. The Gulf Arabs know it. The Israelis know it. Everybody in the region knows it. And it is going to be an infinitely more dangerous world. That's the big story. You don't hear a thing about it. song because it's called Sfirat Milai, inventory, you know, post Yom Kippur, we, on Yom Kippur we do an inventory of our lives. Uh, Yossi Banai, 
wrote the words and sang, and the melody is by Naomi Shemer here on the Israel Show. My name is Mayor Wangart, and you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. We heard um, part one of Charles Krauthammer's remarks regarding uh, Iran and uh, the the farce that is uh, the United States negotiations with Iran and the fact that, unfortunately, the Obama administration is taking us down the road to a situation where Iran is going to be a nuclear power. In this uh, continuation, we have a little overlap, but you'll hear his thoughts on Okay, what happens when Iran gets nuclear capability, when Iran has the atomic bomb? Listen, I mean, if you still need a wake-up call, listen to how he compares Iran and Nazi Germany and the difference, the the harrowing differences between them. Charles Krauthammer with Dennis Prager. If and when... Iran goes nuclear, the world changes in a way that is nearly unimaginable today. It's going to be a whole new world. The Middle East is going to be transformed. The Gulf Arabs know it. The Israelis know it. Everybody in the region knows it, and it is going to be an infinitely more dangerous world. That's the big story. You don't hear a thing about it. Except from the Israeli prime minister. He's the only one, because he's the first, you know, you know what they said about World War II, first that they came for the Jews, I said nothing, then they came for the communists. Mm-hmm. You know, they come for the Jews first. Look at the ethnic uh, cleansing in the Middle East now. The Jews were driven out in the late 40s. They lived in Baghdad longer than the Arabs had, longer than Islam had existed. They were a third of the population of the city. Nobody even remembers that. They were driven out of Syria, mm-hmm. Egypt, everywhere. And now it's the Christians and the Yazidis and the others. The Jews are first, and that's why Netanyahu is the one who speaks out, because they would be the first. Uh, Iran has described Israel as a one-bomb nation, meaning it took Hitler six years to kill six million Jews. It would take Iran one, two, maybe three bombs one afternoon to kill six million Jews. And that's what the world is, that's what the Jews are looking at. But after Israel, there's the rest of the world. Why are they building intercontinental ICBMs, intercontinental ballistic missiles? Uh, who builds one to put a, a TNT bomb on it? It would go 5,000 miles and knock out one building? Of course not. It's made for nuclear weapons. They are building an arsenal of ICBMs. Where are they going to go? They're not going to go to China and they're not going to go to Russia. They're going to come here. That's why they're building them. So do we want to live with that? We may have to. Why we may, uh, see, we may have to because this administration would not back Israel in an attack? Yes. Uh, that, I think, is fairly certain. But the other part of it is this. Why have the Israelis not attacked by now? I know why they're not attacking right now. The second, because there's this... Uh, a fig leaf of negotiations, this pretense. So if the Israelis attack, then things will go bad, and Israel will be then responsible and blamed by the world, condemned by the world, maybe even sanctioned by the world, for having, you know, broken up these promising negotiations. So while negotiations are happening, its hands are completely tied. But more generally speaking, why didn't it attack before? And my suspicion is that if Israel does not attack, it would be for one reason only, and that would be that it feels it does not have the physical military capacity to carry out a raid that would, or even a campaign, 
that would sufficiently diminish uh, the Iranian program. There's no other reason. Bibi Netanyahu knows that the history, 3,000 years of Jewish history, rests on his shoulders. He would not flinch from doing it if he thinks it can be done and if he thinks we're at the last resort. So if it does not happen, that to me would be the only reason they don't have the uh, capacity to reach, to refuel, to come back, and they don't have the capacity with the bombs to dig deep enough to get to their nuclear program. זורחת השמש, זורחת כופחת, ביקורת חמה היא מותחת עכשיו גם קרניים שולחת, יוקדת רותחת, שורפת וגם המרפאה a new selection. We played it before, but it is still a new selection. Titkonen Stav. So appropriate for the weather we're experiencing, uh, at least in New York. Prepare for autumn. As um, we prepare for Sukkot, which comes in the autumn time as well. My name is Mayor Weingart, and you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. We're going to end the show with... Um, Tenli Koach, Ariel Zilber's classic song. And um, let's see, we had a three-day uh, Rosh Hashanah, and that was worldwide in Israel and uh, in the, the Gola. And we, uh, those in the Gola will suffer with a three-day Sukkot part one and then a three-day Shmini Atzeret Simchat Torah 
part two, and I say suffer because, um, uh, we'll talk about that some other time, but don't email me and saying why are you calling it suffering. Um, it's a punishment for being in the galut. That's, that's what it is. Um, so we need the strength. Tenli Koach. We're going to end off with Ariel Zilber and that number, and we do so, uh, after we say thank you so much for tuning in and making us a part of your day wherever you are around the world. Thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments and encourage others to please like the page. Besides liking particular posts, which is great, to actually like the page and follow the page, it's facebook.com slash The Israel Show. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network and my very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. Keep it tuned all day to the Nachum Siegel Network for the great music Monday mix. Until next time, immediately following JM and the AM, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race. Chag Sameach to one and all.